You're listening to Guitar Goddess Radio. As I promised, we have Casey Lansdale. Casey, welcome to Guitar Goddess. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. Well, gosh, you are just a bundle of talent. You're an author. You're a singer-songwriter. You're an actress. You're a producer. You're a novelist. My gosh, you've tackled so much. I've been very busy. <laughs> I can see that. I can see that. And we are just jamming to your music earlier. My gosh, like how fun. Like just listening to everything, I'm going, okay, this girl is like got it all. Like you, you don't have anything missing. <laughs> Except sleep. I'm very tired. <laughs> so tell us, how is it working you got to work with, um, you know, John Carter Cash. Like, what? Like, how did that happen? <laughs> Still feel that same exact way. Uh, it actually turned out to be one of those small world kind of things. He and I had crossed paths, and um, we were friends long before I worked with him. We'd actually been in touch for about a year and a half, okay. and I was working with another company at the time on the first project. And at the time, I was hosting these East Texas Songwriter Workshops, which is where I'm from. And he was one of my guests. And when he'd come down to the company that I was working with, our contract ended. And I said, well, I have all these songs I've written, and I have nowhere to take them. And just kind of casual conversation. And he said, well, why don't you just bring them to the cabin? And, uh, you know, the next day I'm like, <laughs> what are we doing? When are we ready? And, uh, you know, I guess, you know, the rest is history, as they say. He's really easy to work with. And uh, we just completed my new EP, which comes out um, in August. So, you know, he's a, a really talented and humble man. And I just got really lucky crossing paths with him when I lived in Nashville. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, I, I was just reading about... Um your new EP that's coming out, Leave Her Wild. <laughs> I like the title. <laughs> well, you know, I, I actually, I haven't seen the movie or read the book in a while. I have to admit, I have done both, but it's been a while. And I had heard that was a quote from To Kill a Mockingbird. Mm -hmm. And with the passing of Harper Lee and yes. all of um, the publicity that surrounded that, I wanted to sort of pay an homage mm -hmm. as a, uh, you know, my little bit of respect to her, and I thought, and also, Leave Her Wild, you know, the, the whole concept of the EP is about just living in the moment, and being free, and doing the things that feel right for you, and I thought, you know what, there's there's a lot of things that mean something to me that I can encompass into one title. Wow, that's amazing. I cannot wait to hear the full thing. I've heard bits, but I can't. <laughs> <laughs> me too. <laughs> really ready. <laughs> So we're really excited about that. You know, and talking about songwriting, you know, tell us a little bit about your process. You know, you said this is a whole, you know, kind of homage. Like, tell us about your songwriting process, because you write all of your own material. You know, what is that like for you? Do you have, you know, a daily ritual? Does something have to happen in the world and you write on it? Like, tell us how the songs come to be. You know, each song is really different. It's, yeah. it's a really funny question because there's not a solid answer. Um, a lot of times I get in a really great group where I wake up, I do my workout, I come home, I write, and I'm in that rhythm. And then I'll go on a trip somewhere and I come back and it's chaos. So I, I try to stay in that rhythm because it's sort of a muscle and the more you do it, the easier it becomes to have that routine. Mm -hmm. But the songs themselves vary. Sometimes um, I'll hear another song and I'll go, oh, wow, what a what a beautiful idea. I wonder how I can make that my own. Or sometimes I'll hear somebody in the supermarket say 
um, you know, just like, oh, well, they're sorry, but sorry ain't enough. And then, oh, okay, well, there's my last single, you know. And and you never know. And then other times it'll start as a poem, and I'll think, you know what? I think I can start with this bass, and I can create around it and build. And then other times, um, if I'm doing co-writing, someone will say, oh, here's a melody. You know, what do you think about that? So each one kind of lets me know how it wants to be built. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes they come out great, and sometimes you go, you know what, we'll just – We'll keep this and see if there's anything I can use from this later. Cool. And, and as these ideas are coming to you, how do you decide what's a song, what's a book, what's a poem? You know, where... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I, again, the art kind of dictates what it wants to be. Yeah. And, and uh, it is both a blessing and a curse to, to have that many outlets because you do have to kind of guide it. Mm-hmm. But luckily, um, there's been enough life training where I can kind of go, you know what, today's kind of a songwriting day, or today's a, a fiction day. And there's also, um, it depends on, on what's going on. Like, right now I have a new EP coming out, so I don't feel the need to be writing as much on the songs. Mm-hmm. So it gives me a freedom to work more on fiction. Now, as soon as this EP comes out, I'll be ready to work on the next one. Okay, yeah. fiction aside, now it's time to start the songwriting. And, uh, you know, you just kind of gauge it how that feels and the easiest way is to make a list of you know five things you want to get done and you don't really move on until you've done number one completely number two completely and of course that's easier said than done but that's sort of um the goal Mm -hmm. is to at least feel like i'm working off that list and going in the order as best as possible cool wow it's it's interesting you know because you think of creativity as being so chaotic you know (laughs) (laughs) but not easy. Right. So, you know, it's, and chaos can be good. Chaos can really drive a lot. But um, I think that a lot of the best uh, musicians, the best artists, I think that they get lost a lot because they're so focused on the chaos. And especially in this day and age, you can no longer just be the eccentric creative artist. Because there's just too much that you have to do. You have to be your promoter. You have to be your publisher. You have to be your biggest cheerleader. And in the midst of keeping up with all the social media, all the fans, all of uh, the things that are, you know entail that, you have to also create the work. So it, it's so much more beneficial to be somebody who has the list and goes down the list. And again, you know, it's easier said than done. Some days I'm a winner and I'm like a champion. The other days I'm like, I can't do it. I'm overwhelmed. So, you know, it's, it's a process, but it's just like any job. I mean, it's sort of, I hate to kind of demystify the process, but it's just like when you go to work and you have your desk job and you have these things you have to get done, you have to prioritize and you have to focus and hope for the best. The difference is that there is no, you know, five o'clock punch out time. This is, the ongoing work and you have to kind of learn how to regulate life and work and find that balance. And I think that's what we're all trying to do daily. Mm -hmm. And how, how are, how have you been able to balance everything? You know, like you were just talking about, like, you know, a lot of our, our viewers are musicians themselves, you know, and they feel that overwhelm of managing their social media and, you know, going on tour and doing all the things required of on tour, keeping your voice in tip-top shape, you know, keeping your fingers nimble for, you know, wailing on the stage. You know, there's a lot to manage, you know, your image, you know, staying in shape. How do you do that? Is it still the same kind of system? <laughs> yes. I mean, for sure because there is a lot to it I mean like you say staying in shape keeping the voice all of these things are important Mm -hmm. I mean getting up going to the gym you know but it's 
I do compare the work that I do a lot to working out. You don't want to do it. You always feel better. Yeah. And, you know, but it's just like working out. Some days I skip the gym. Other days I go twice a day. You know, it just, yeah. it depends on kind of what I'm doing. But I try to stay in that moment and I try to let everything sort of dictate what's the most important. And, you know, I have a, a really good base of people around me that when I feel that overwhelming um, you know, sensibility, I can say, listen, I'm feeling overwhelmed. What do I do? And usually they can say, listen, take it one step at a time. And sometimes even though you know, just hearing somebody else say it. Yes. Um, and one of the best pieces of advice I ever got from my father, my father's a fiction author. So I was sort of born into this creative world. And he said, you know, rather than sitting down and thinking, oh, God, I, I got to write a 350-page novel and all of these things have to happen, just write a page a day. And after a year, you've got a book. You're done. And it was sort of like when he simplified that process, I went, oh, you're right. A page a day. Okay. And it's sort of the same thing. Like maybe you don't write a song a day because maybe that's too daunting. Because even though um, it's a shorter process, it's a more intricate process because it's shorter. Like a novel, you can kind of go longer and go back and edit. And, um, it's hard also, but a different kind. And um, with the music, maybe you just write a verse. Maybe you write one verse that day. And then the next day you come back and review that verse. And you go, all right, that's solid. Let me add verse two. Whatever works for the artist to break it down in some sort of way that's reasonable. I mean, you can't just be like, well, I'm going to write one song every three months and hope for the best. Because that's, that's not how it works. But you have to find something that's reasonable. And you have to surround yourself with people who are... Um, either creative or who understand that need to be creative. And that's a big, big bonus. That's great. Thank you for sharing that. That's amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. And when you're writing, you know, I'm going back to that. Do you write on guitar? Do you write on keys? Like, does the melody just come in your head? Like, what? what is it? All of it. All of the above. Yeah, you know, and I, I hate to be vague. I wish I, if I had a system, yeah. I would package it <laughs> and give it to all the artists. Um, but it is, it's one of those things, like sometimes, I was actually writing a song, I have a co-write after this mm -hmm. um, interview, and I was actually writing some things for it there, and this one came about that the music and the lyrics are in my head, at least for the first verse and a half. So I put that down, and then what I'm going to do after is go get my guitar, kind of suss it out, okay, is what I'm playing matching what I'm hearing in my head? Yeah. How's this going? And that's how this particular song is going to come out. I've had others where we just, we lay down the track, and we go, all right, how can we fill this with words? You know? <laughs> and, and I think that's why, when I first went to Nashville, I was really against the idea of co-writing. It wasn't something that appealed to me. I like to make the art on my own. I like to um, be able to have the final say and all those things. But the more that I've done it, the more I realize how important it is to allow yourself to be open to that because it just makes your work have another layer. Now, sometimes there's a song or there's a piece of fiction that's yours and it's not really to be shared and it can be just as good, it can be better, it can be something you're writing just for yourself, whatever the reason. But I do think it's really important to find those like-minded people, again, for emotional support, for mm -hmm. creative support, to help build what you're doing because it's sort of like with anything, the more you see somebody else do it, the more you can learn. Mm -hmm. And you want to listen to a lot of different kinds of music. You want to listen to um, a lot of different people about the, their process. And you pick from each one until you find your own system. Great. Wonderful.
and co-writing, you know, how do you find people to co-write with? Like, I know Nashville is a huge town, you know, it's built on the, on and around the songwriters and it's kind of where everybody tends to go to find their co-writing partner. You know, did that happen for you? Well, in Nashville, it definitely happened because yeah. it is the town of the co-writing. Yeah. Half of the networking is co-writing. Half of the way you meet people is co-writing. But I've even had that same experience since I moved to L.A. Um, I play every Monday night at a, sort of an open mic jam session, basically. Mm-hmm. And I get up and I sing and people come up and they go, oh, do you write? Do you want to get together? you want to hear my stuff? And you gauge you know, how you feel about it. Yeah, send me your stuff. Let's see if we mix. And um, maybe you mix with them, maybe you don't. But also now they've got a network of people. So they, they may go, you know what? We don't really have the same vision for what we're doing, but I have a friend who is going to be great. You know, and yeah. because most people want to help other people. Absolutely. It, it, we are service oriented and it makes us feel good. So if we can allow ourselves to do that, we're going to really build up not only as um, artists, but as a community. Absolutely. You know, and, and some artists that I talk to are so afraid of the co write. You know, they're like, oh, how is it going to work with credit and, you know, that sort of thing? And how do you determine and how do you even start that conversation? Can you share a, a little bit? Absolutely. Yeah. And that is a big thing. Uh, when I, I told you I did those East Texas songwriter right. workshops and that was always a big question is what about credit? What about co-write? And I said, you know what? Write it first. <laughs> because without the product, all of the other things are, are moved. It doesn't matter. And how it works is you both go in, you write it, you half and half, or you, you know, whatever you've got. If you've got a publisher, you, you know up front, I've got a publisher who's going to take this amount. And that, to me, is the least important part of the process. And that's Absolutely. the thing that people get most hung up on. Because the other side of that is, after you create it, first of all, you got to make it. Okay, say you've done it, then something has to happen with it. So these are champagne problems. If you're getting to the point where you're having to worry about who is getting part of what, that means the product and the project is progressing. And this is a good problem to have. These are things that worry about that when you get there. Cross the stage when you get there. And be smart about it. You know, write down who your co-writers are. Write down the date. Make sure that you're agreed up front. Like, this is a 50-50 co-write, right? Okay, cool, great. Most people aren't going to fight you on that. And if they have a publisher, you know up front, okay, this person has a publisher, this is part of the process. And if they don't, then there's nothing to discuss. Create the project first, worry about the details later. Thank you. That's good. That's good. Because I hear it way too often. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm like, just try it. <laughs> you know, well, you know, we all want to think we're really genius artists, <laughs> but most people don't want your stuff anyway. They want to make their own stuff. And as much as our little egos, myself included, want to feel like, oh, man, everybody wants my stuff because I'm just so smart. Most people really just want to build something of their own. And there's a difference, too, of, of plagiarism and influence. And you have to, you know, be careful with that, too, because we all hear things and go, oh, that's cool. I love that. And that's, But that's what's supposed to inspire you to create your own, not go like, okay, how can I steal exactly what they've said? <laughs> And, you know, get a paycheck. Right, right. And, and I, I just think that that's a, on the scale of things we have to worry about as artists, I just think that's so low on the totem pole mm-hmm. that people get way too caught up in that. Absolutely. You know, and speaking on that also, you know, building a team, 
you know, it's so important to have a team in place and a lot of artists fear the team. Can you talk a little bit about that? You know, having, you know, just a circle around you, you have quite a nice team that you work with and everybody seems to be humming along. Share, share a little bit to the artists who are still afraid to put their toe in the water of having a support team. Right. Well, um, not to not to break everybody's heart, but you're probably gonna on your when you very first start, you're gonna end up with people who aren't gonna be your forever people for whatever reason. Maybe you outgrow them. Maybe they screw you. Maybe you know you never know. But that's it's sort of like life. Are you gonna go through your whole life never putting yourself out there or communicating or making any friends or any relationships because you're so scared that something's gonna happen? And if you're that scared, you're in the long, the wrong line of work because this is definitely a business about exposing. A side of you that is vulnerable and exposing yourself and you know you go in the co-writes and you meet somebody for the first time you're like all right let me bear my soul and now let's write a song about it <laughs> you know I mean think about what Adele had her biggest hits were just her heartbreak you know the sadness of her for life being exposed and we all went yeah yeah I've been there and I think that's what's beautiful about it is when you realize somebody else has had that same experience mm -hmm. then you go oh okay we're all, we're all in this together. And I think that people just need to use good judgment, just like with anything. I mean, if you're hanging out with a bad crowd and they're always getting arrested and getting in trouble, <laughs> maybe don't hang out with them. If you're working with people and there's always like a, a dramatic effect happening, maybe don't work with those people. Put some common sense into it and, and just, you know, use good judgment. And that's, I mean, that's with anything. That doesn't have to just be the writing or the, the, the networking, you just go with your gut because most of the time, you know, you just have to listen to it. Absolutely. Now I'm going to switch gears for a second here and talk about finding Bigfoot. Like, <laughs> I, I know what I had the best time. If you had, if you told me a year ago that I would be out in the woods singing my new song, looking for Bigfoot, I would have been like, nah, girl. <laughs> but as life would have it, that's exactly what happened. And I had the best time. I made some great friends on that set. I I just felt so um, appreciated as an artist. I, I cannot express what a positive experience that was. And I, I think it's one of those that at first I didn't really quite know what to think about it. Then the more I got to think, I was like, you know what? This is another chance to share my music. It's another mm -hmm. chance to expose the music to people who might not hear it otherwise. Why would I not do that? And then I turned out having the best time. It was, you know, fear-based. I thought, what's it going to be like? What are we going to do? Are they going to like me? And we got out there, you know, just like every artist, yeah. we all have those doubts and those insecurities. And I got out there and had the best time. And it just further proves that you just have to kind of take a leap sometimes, whatever it is. And... I mean, I actually ended up working with those guys on another project in Big Bear, and I, I really good friends with a lot of the people from the crew now, and I never would have had that had I not taken the leap on that experience. Wow, and how did, you know, I, I was looking at, you know, Christmas with the Dead. <laughs> I was like, how did that prepare you for finding Bigfoot? <laughs> right, well, Christmas with the Dead was a fiction piece, and I learned so much on that set, just um, camera work and line delivery and I thought when I did that I would be very comfortable I thought oh I'm used to being on stage mm -hmm. I'm used to people taking pictures this will be easy 
Um, it was it was a whole different animal, and it's very disconcerting that when you're telling someone your lines and you're in this moment and there's a camera right here in your face <laughs> and you're having you know you're having to ignore that. And I thought that I would be very much in my element, and I was not. So that definitely was something that prepared me a lot more for doing things in front of the camera. And it, and I think most of that is just getting out of your head as the artist. So it's again, am I am I putting out a good project? Are they going to like what I'm doing? This is something from my soul. I'm being vulnerable. Fingers are crossed. And you just have to at some point take the leap. And again, it's like with everything: relationships, friendships, family. Somebody's got to put the, you know the first yeah. hand out, and you just hope for the best. And if they don't like it, all right, maybe you didn't do well that time. Maybe you did do well, and they still don't like it. What really matters is at the end of the day how you feel about it. Do you feel like you put your best art out? Do you feel proud of it? And then the rest of it is just details. Yeah, yeah. And you had a, a song actually in the movie as well, correct? Yeah, and then Christmas with the Dead, I had um, I wrote two Christmas songs mm -hmm. with uh, one with Mason Douglas and one with Julie Gibb, and that ended up on the soundtrack. Uh, I did another song, actually two songs from my album Restless ended up in a movie called Cold in July. And that was uh, really a lot of fun. We got to go to Sundance Film Festival, Cannes Film Fest. And, you know, I'm watching the whole time just waiting to hear my song. Yeah. I'm like, plot, we don't care about. All I want to hear is the song in the Mexican restaurant. Yeah. This is what's important. And, uh, and that's been really good. And from there, I've been able to, lucky, luckily enough, have a few things placed in TV. Mm -hmm. And that has been a really uh, exciting venture for me is to travel down that world of getting your songs in film, getting your songs in TV, because you can kind of create what you want, and then they, you have no idea what they're looking for, because each director, each music supervisor, everybody has their own vision, so when you're able to be included in that vision, it's a really big honor. Absolutely, you know, it's just so great, I'm just going, wow, you know, you got the film, you and Finding Bigfoot, you're working with Grammy Award winning producers, I mean, what have you... What's on your list that you haven't done yet? You know what I would really like to do? What's that? I would love, love, love to do a musical on Broadway. Cool. That is actually something that, you know, I, I look at Reba's career so yeah. much, and she did the Annie, you yes, know, Annie Get yes, Your Guns. Get your gun, yep. She had the TV show, and she was in that uh, science fiction series, Tremor. You know, she was the, the cowgirl in it. Yeah. And I just, I watched her, and I just thought, what a fun fun life she must lead absolutely. she's doing i mean and and definitely full of hard work and sleepless nights mm -hmm. absolutely important to acknowledge but at the end of the day it's all pretty cool and i just think of i think of things like christmas with the dead as my stepping stone to the trimmers and and i think <laughs> of things um that i'm doing the, the plays that i've produced out in la i think of those as sort of the stepping stones to my annie get your guns and um and hopefully these are all things that are not in the too distant future well, I definitely don't think they're that far off. You know, you're probably you probably have something up your sleeve right now. You're just not sharing with us. <laughs> <laughs> now, I want to go back to the guitar. We are on Guitar Goddess, and and uh, people always want to know what you play. So, tell us a little bit about your instrument. I have a small body double zero Martin guitar, a little mahogany guitar. It's very tiny. Um, I love it. I got it secondhand, and it's the guitar I've had for 11 years, maybe. Wow. 
I love it. It's got a great sound. It's got a you know an acoustic pickup. It is. It's my little friend, and I wish that I could Jimi Hendrix up on it. But it's enough that I I play to pick out and I write, mm-hmm. and then sometimes I switch to the piano for the same purpose. But I leave the real guitar playing to the people who are really talented at that. <laughs> but it, it's a it's a beautiful instrument, and it's been very good to me. And uh, I traveled all over Europe with it. I've gone across the nation with it. So. You know, it, it definitely uh, it gets my respect. Excellent. And what are you listening to these days? What's on your playlist? You know, I've been listening. Actually, I haven't been listening to a lot of country lately until the Chris Stapleton album that came out, okay. Traveler. Yeah. I wore that out. <laughs> I wore that out because that to me is so much the country music that I grew up listening to. Sort of that bluesy country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I opened for Winona Judd about two weeks ago, and I so I went back and listened to all her playlist, all the songs from the Judds, and that's pretty much what's been cycling, is the Winona set, the Chris Stapleton, and then um, also I've had my Whitney Houston, her greatest hits, because, you know, <laughs> when I'm around cleaning the house. Right. And, you know. <laughs> so that's been probably, I guess, the three main ones that I've been going through, but I'm very mood-based with my music. Mm-hmm. It varies. Uh, it depends on what I'm doing, what I'm trying to get out. I have different playlists. I have one playlist called Upbeat Chill, which is like if I don't want to get too involved, like not my workout playlist, which is really yeah. you know exciting. <laughs> this is just music to kind of get me going while I'm putting on makeup and getting ready to go out or do something. Then I have my playlist Sad Sack, which is just the most depressing music. <laughs> that if, I know when I put that on, there's going to be tears. So like, <laughs> let's be in the emotional place to let this happen. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I, I label each one with those. And then I just kind of let it go on rotate. But if I'm just picking an album, the three I mentioned are, are the go-tos as of the last, you know, two weeks. Awesome. And tell us when we can get our hands on your new EP. I am so excited. I've had this done for a long time. And one thing or another has kind of kept this from uh, being able to be finished. And in theory, it should be out August 1st. We, we sent it to the presses. Everybody's doing the final checks. Mm-hmm. We're good to go, knock on wood. Mm-hmm. And hopefully August 1st, it'll be out. Um, iTunes, website, anywhere that you, you can get music. Great. And will you be doing a fall tour? That is the plan. Okay. Um, I hope to go. I, you know, I've not. Last year, I did uh, 28 states covering Britain the single and doing okay. radio tour and going around and I did not hit the Northwest. Okay. So I think that this is the time this, it's a new venture. I'm in a new location and I hope to start and do the Northwest and kind of move over into the middle and then make back down. So hopefully we'll see a lot of people out on the road this fall. Great. And tell everybody where they can follow you and stay in tune with everything I, you're doing. Yeah, I'm everywhere. I'm, um, my website, of course, has all of the information, and then I've got Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and it's all Casey Lansdale, K-A-S-E-Y-L-A-N-S-D-A-L-E. You can find me on all the social media. I hear from people. It's me on there. I'm very active. So, you know, if they hear me on Guitar Goddess, please let me know. It'd be an honor. Well, great. Well, Casey, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to sit down with us. It has been an absolute pleasure speaking to you and thank you for just all the tips and everything that you've shared with the community and you know just really just sharing your journey which has been quite a successful journey my god you are kicking butt lady <laughs> I, you know, I, I, 
know it takes a village. Behind every person, there's there's a team of people. Whether it's your family, whether it's your friends, whether it's your you know your producer. So definitely, I think that this is the important takeaway message: is to build a community that you can count on and trust, even if it's just people in your immediate circle that are friends and family. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. We'll see you soon. Okay. Take care. Take care. Bye. Bye. You're listening to Guitar Goddess Radio with